0: Here's the deal with my papa. Welcome everyone. Thank you, Jordan, for that introduction. We are here with Here's the deal with Danny Sitters. Danny, it's been a couple of weeks. How are you? I'm well. In the middle of moving
1: right now, but oh, uh, we're still we're still alive and well and kicking. So that's good. And got everything uh, in boxes at least, or no, no, no. You know, it'll be last minute stuff that you think, Oh no, I forgot about this or I forgot about that room. So <laughs> we're progressing. We're doing it. We're trying to be systematic about it, but.
0: We're a long way I from the say, finish yeah, line. It's a moving is a process that is for yes. sure. Yes. So uh, Sunday, another great sermon, um, and Thank you know you you, you led us because we walked in and there were balloons all over the auditorium, all over the floor. It was great to see that, and so you led us to kind of in the stories of Jesus as a social butterfly. Uh, um, I, I use the word party animal. I don't know how he's a you know party <laughs> animal, but he's a party person. Uh, so this. View that we that he goes to parties and hangs out with people that he probably shouldn't hang out with or people that have been he he has, uh, he has heard that they shouldn't hang out with I should say right. but he goes and, and hangs out with them so why is it so hard when we read these stories about Jesus going to the parties um, making the best wine and we know that there's a great banquet eventually for us in the future where God's going to be the host. So why is it when we read these stories that it's hard to take that mentality into our own lives and and not be so ashamed or afraid of hanging out with people that society tells us aren't like us?
1: Well, I think you got to the million-dollar question right off the bat. Uh-oh. Uh, so, yeah, that's, you know, there were balloons, streamers. It, it was a party Sunday morning, at which you and I set it up for the Lord's Supper. right in that um, there, there is a future dimension to the Lord's Supper that has been talked about and written about from Jewish scriptures forward, and that is what some would refer to as the great messianic banquet uh, in the end times, great food, great wine, a celebration, you know, with, with Messiah, with Jesus as the host, and it's just going to be an eternal celebration, an eternal party, mm. written about, talked about. And so we, you and I discussed that, and uh, that there is a dimension of the Lord's Supper that has that mentality of a future meal together, because Jesus said, I won't drink this with you again until I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. Mm. I will yes. do it again with you. And so uh, the idea that there will be a future banquet together, and I love that idea, that it is something that we have uh, to look forward to uh, when, again, as, as we said, we, we, we make it home, we're free, we're forgiven. Isaiah talks about it as um, there will be no more death, there will be no more tears, and that the shroud that covers our eyes between, you know, seeing one another will be lifted. Oh, wow. Yes. We can see each other. I think that's also a possibility in, in taking of the Lord's Supper, that we all come together to partake, and it's it's, it's level playing ground. Yeah, We're just children of God, disciples of Jesus, saved by grace, that are longing together for our future banquet. Yes. Right? We're all the same in in that. So anyway, that was part of it. And then, so for the sermon, we looked at why is Jesus constantly accused of being um, eating with gluttons, he's a drunkard, he's a friend of tax collectors and sinners, No. Uh, and and so we kind of, again, we, we stack those on top of each other when you go through the Gospels. Because you're right, for some reason it's easy to, just in a cursive reading of a text, see it and just gloss over it, let it glance off of you. But when you see it again and again and again and again and again and again, and again you have to stop and go... Okay, what is this dimension right. of Jesus? And that dimension of Jesus is the man was always on the go. Oh, yeah. He was on the go all the time. Which, again, is interesting that the first title of, of Christians, the church, was called The Way. Because oh, yeah. they were always on the way. I never thought about that. They're way. moving. Yeah. yeah, we're going we're going forward with 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 the gospel. Um, so you have to you have to look at Jesus, he's always going to a wedding. And and at the wedding, he's the one that makes an a, a, a large quantity of the best wine. That's correct. Yes. Because it was a multi-day celebration. Oh yeah. It was a festival, it was a party. Um, he's going to 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 houses and having meals with people that um, other religious folks just wouldn't go to. Not only did he call Matthew a you know a a Jewish person who's a tax collector for the Romans, right? Mm-hmm. A complete traitor. He yes. called him to be part of his inner circle. Then he goes to his house where all the other tax collectors come, and Jesus jumps in there and um, has a time with them yeah. together, eating, drinking. Why, you know why would he do that so he gets accused all uh, all the time throughout, throughout the uh, the gospels so to answer your question I want to go back and and harp on this that I've been saying for some time why why is it so hard for us to wrap our minds around the totality of Jesus oh, yeah. as we read in the Gospels and I think there is a a large part of this has to do with what we focused on when it comes to Jesus and what we've been taught about okay. the most and where we spend our time. And from my way of understanding it is we have spent much more time, effort, energy, study on the mission of Jesus, which is what we would call the, the you know, it's what we call the gospel. The gospel is just good news. Yeah. But the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension, um, those, those aspects of the life of Christ and the death of Christ, where we respond to it, right? Because of his death, his resurrection, we have life. We are saved. We have hope, you know. Uh, the death, burial, the resurrection, Paul says, is a the, is the thing of utmost importance. Yes. Okay? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it is. We spent most of our time there. But I think we have neglected, again, to some degree, the message of Jesus. What did he talk about? What did he teach? Um, what did he say? How did he respond to people? How did he respond to people that would be considered outcasts in, in their society? Uh, how did he, what did he say to religious people and religious leaders? And so his message kind of takes a backseat to the mission. But definitely the third part is his methods, his methodology. I'm not sure we've, we have invested... Uh, a proper amount of time looking at how Jesus went about it and that's where this sermon comes into play what how did he he was going from house to he's going from town to town to town he's going from house to synagogue walking the roads he's down by the sea he's up the mountain he he's he's everywhere and and he's just sharing life and teaching And um, um, revealing uh, who God is. Mm. Now, now the the Christian community has taken seriously the idea of the Trinity: God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, and there and and there's debate on that. uh, You know, uh, from from from, uh, from the religious community. But but the Christian community has said um that that to a large extent we believe that what Jesus said if you've seen me you've seen the father yeah that Jesus is part of the the trinity this is god in the flesh the incarnation god in the flesh walking the earth right well where did he go well who did he hang around well what did he say and he just would go anywhere with anybody. Yeah, I mean, that's it. So again, long answer to your question. What is it that has kept, let me just speak from my perspective. What is it that has kept me from seeing this? What is what is what has been my block in not being able to read these stories? read these accusations and say oh okay so that's what jesus was doing uh, you know going from place to place meeting with anybody loving the outcast didn't matter who was in the house he's going in even though he knew he would get criticized and accused for doing it what what has kept me number one from seeing that but number two from doing that yeah, yeah. what would jesus do you know, we wore those armbands. No, I remember that. I don't know. We really are serious about the answer to that. What would Jesus do? Where would Jesus go? Probably places I would never go. Yeah. And that I would not even be comfortable um, going. So how how did, how did I miss this? I think it was all of the teaching that I heard growing up. It was what I was told to focus on, and so I focused on what I think many people still do today, and i and I wrestle with this. I said Sunday when I got to preach this, this is an aspect of Jesus' life that is um um in, is invigorating in some respects, but it's challenging and it is spiritually offensive to me hmm. and it really is yeah i I'm just like,. Ooh. I'm going to say this, but I'm going to have to continue thinking about my own life in in regards to this idea. But um, I'm like a lot of folks who boil Jesus down, right, tame Jesus down to, well, I'll tell you what Jesus is about. He's about getting you saved, about teaching you how to live a moral life, right, being respectable, and go to church, got To do those things, yeah, say interesting, yeah, got to do those things. You got to, and, 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 well, and 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 I mentioned that in the sermon Sunday, and the following statement that I made after that it, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, yeah. So, we're having discussions now in post-COVID church about uh, what do we do now, yeah. how, how do we grow? Um, the world has changed. And um, and and you know, depending on who you listen to, church growth experts out there. There you go. Um, methods, by the way, that, that would work twenty five years ago. We know they don't work, but possibly methods that work a year and a half ago may not work. Right, exactly. <laughs> what do we do? Because most churches um, today in America, in particular, not not all. And I don't want to cast, again, a, a blanket over all churches. But a lot of churches today have functioned according to a programmatic style. Yeah. Programs attract. We've, we've talked about this in the podcast. Right. If I can have the, the latest and the greatest and the shiniest program, we will attract people. But the basic idea is here we are at this location Here's what they have. Or here's what we have. Come and get it.
0: Yeah.
1: Come on. Come on, everybody. Come and get it. We had a think tank meeting last Sunday night. You were, you were leading it. And one of the comments that was, was made in that is, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, most of the people that we attract are just transplanted Christians or transfer Christians from another church. Right. And um, people that we tend to lose move, lose move out of town, and they go to another church. And so, you know, if you're just if you're fortunate to be in a place like this metropolitan city, you can you can attract people because they're moving into town, and, right? And there's so many churches that they're looking around. Yeah, the term church shopping was a new one when I became a Christian. Yeah, church shopping. See, the problem is that if I gain new people um, from the idea of, well, man, hey, we got the best programs. Hey, come on over. This is, this is the latest and the greatest. Well, if you don't keep up with the latest, greatest, shiniest programs, the people that you attracted with the latest and greatest are going to shop around to find somebody that might have a, a shinier ministry. Right. And we felt that. And so our discussions are okay now what do we do how how do we grow how do we how do we be the kingdom of god in this world around us is, is there a new curriculum can we get a new staff person can we get a new ministry going and those all by the way have a place i think as long as as long as the priorities are are, are, are correct i'm not i'm not totally against all of those things sure but um, how how do, how do we be the kingdom of god well, how did Jesus do it? Right. How did he bring it? He's, um, he's down there in the slums, right? Take a modern day term. And he's having dinner with folks. Yep. And he's at the wedding festival and having a great time and eating and drinking and dancing. And um, he's in the synagogue and he's at the temple and he's talking to people. And then he's at Zacchaeus' house, who's another notorious tax collector, and he's eating with sinners and outcasts, and um, he's accused of being a glutton, meaning he eats too much, and he's a drunkard, which means he drinks too much. Right now, again, I don't, I don't know how much. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How how much? to put on that that he's being accused of but he was accused of it over and over and over again there is some truth oh yeah to it because of how he lived his life how do we become the way again Hmm. instead of you guys come to us come to us and we're at this location and it's at these times and this is what we do and How how do we as a church develop the mentality amongst the faithful that it's time for us to get out of the church building walls and be life to people around us and be uncomfortable? Mm, There you go. Part of the reason we don't want to grow is because it will push us out of our box, number one, just to have a conversation with some people. Yeah. But if they showed up, Oh, it'll change the DNA of your church. Yes. It'll change it. Do we really want that? Well, see, I don't want that if my life, my understanding of Jesus is to get saved, be moral, and be respectable. Some of these folks in our definition of respectable don't don't fit it. Oh, yeah. They have different worldviews. They're outcasts. They want something. Can you believe that? Yeah. They might want something. <laughs> now, no respectable person would do that. Yeah. So our paradigms, our worldview, our understanding of of the gospel, our our understanding of Jesus has got to begin to at least we've got to at least ask questions about it. There you go. How much of an Americanized Christianity do we have, mm. as opposed to how much are we just followers of Jesus and His disciples living life like Him? And I'll I, I again I have to be the one to go first. I've lived in and ministered in a mentality of American Christianity, Yeah,
0: and it's a struggle for me. I wonder if, just as we're sitting here talking, the city on a hill analogy, I wonder if that's how it got stuck into some people's head, like, hey, we're a city on a hill, you guys come to us, we're the light, you guys come over here. Yeah, I'm just, just wondering that in my mind here. And another thing I am uh, touched on earlier about the Lord's Supper, the amazing thing about the creator of time and how he takes something as simple as a meal and has us think about the past and remembrance, take it as in the present and look towards the future. I always thought that was just the coolest thing, how the creator of time did that. Because it's amazing how he does all of the past, present, and future and how we're thinking of Jesus all at the same Damn, time. It's a great idea. Yeah, I was, I've always loved that part. <laughs> um, so the <laughs> I mentioned this before in our conversations, but the funny thing about that mentality of going to parties where we're not supposed to go or hang out with people i've always wondered are we worried about osmosis like they're gonna we're somehow going to they're gonna transfer their sin onto us you know i've always wondered that is that a thing is like oh if i go to this or hang out with this person then their bad things are gonna sneak uh, sneak into my life is that a Is that a a teaching or a thought that has been in the past? I mean, that's a very general question, but...
1: (laughs) I know. I I think that's part of it. Another part of of it is you just... We just don't want to be seen with them. Okay. Yeah. So, what is it? Bad morals corrupt good behavior or something like that. Bad behavior corrupts good morals, Mm. bad people. Uh, Sure. By the way, anything... Taken to an extreme can be a bad thing. Oh, agreed, yes. So even this idea of Jesus and his social life, you know, he said, like, well, hey, Jesus did it. Hey, let's go. Well, yeah, but taken to an extreme. So it's all about, it all comes back to motive, motivation, my heart. Why am I there? Am I there for me? Mm. Right? To have a good time? Yeah. Am I there for the sake of others? That's a whole different perspective. Yeah, that's true. Part of it is that we don't um, we don't like to associate with other people. And by the way, on on Wednesday nights um, we're, we're doing uh, in, in our group discussion we're going through the book twelve. I can't even remember the title. Right, twelve steps? Key, or twelve steps for a recovering Pharisee like me. <laughs> It's a great title. I it's love it. And it's 12 steps, and I this guy's it. done a great job. And par, part of the reason is we there's there's something in our human DNA that enjoys looking down on folks. Yeah. move and, and and feeling justified about it. Yeah. Right? Again, the main one of the major challenges for the Pharisee. Now again, and, and when I say that, I'm I'm using specific um, stories about pharisees okay. uh, from scripture right i don't want to blanket all of them but oftentimes uh, the bible puts them in that light i was say
0: the bible does a pretty good job of that <laughs> um,
1: yeah, i forgot what i was i uh, forgot where i was going with it. Oh, we want to look down on folks yeah we, we feel good about that hey look at me I mean, look at those folks over there. I mean, mm. they don't have their act together. They, they're, they're not, they're, they haven't taken responsibility, and they don't really have any respectability. Well, I'm a respectable believer and churchgoer and religious person in, in, in this country. Why can't they just get their act together? Mm. If they just get their act together, clean it all up, and absolutely come on. Come on and be with us. So that's part of it. We just—it's not what a respectable Christian would would look like. That you know, that over there's not where a respectable Christian would go. Hmm. Those aren't the type of folks that respectable Christians would hang around. Again, I can only talk about myself. That's all I can talk about. Yeah, I felt it. I've, I've thought it. That's why we're going through this book on Wednesday night as a recovery group. We're go. confessing. Yeah, I'm a recovering Pharisee. I love looking down on folks so that I can feel better about myself. And and when I do that, it then eliminates for me the my, it, it eliminates myself perceived need to change. Oh. I don't have to change. Who? Oh, you need you to change. Can't. You're the one that needs to right. change. Well, wow. You need to you need to pick yourself up.
0: I am glad that when I first came to this church, the first time I visited, um, I'm pretty sure I smelled like Saturday night. Cause I smoked cigarettes at the time. I'm pretty sure I looked a little different. You looked like Saturday night. I, was, I looked like Saturday <laughs> night, I'm sure. So, I mean, it's possible because... If, if if we went off of uh, image and respectability, I'm sure they wouldn't have let me in the door the first time. Right? Because it, it can happen for sure. Uh, that's one of been uh, the things I've I've told numerous people here at the church. Like they say a comment about something like that. I'm like well, you're staring and talking to somebody who didn't know anything about church right. when I walked in here. So yeah, when we think about that and, and the Pharisees, that's that's an amazing thing to do when we something programmed in us to look down upon others. That is another way that Jesus just kind of flips our mind upside down. Oh, yeah. And says, love your enemies and and pray for them. Yeah,
1: that that concept of Jesus and the outcast and the the ones that are rejected and and his ministry to them and his going to their house and, and, and celebrating with them is not just a... Spiritual kingdom of God statement. It's a political statement against the powers of this world. That's true. He's going against the accepted norms and political structures and saying, no, 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 no. God has come to earth to spend time with people like this. Yeah. Right. If, if, you know, have you ever given a, a, a cup of cold water in my name? Have you gone to a prison to visit me? You know, Jesus, what, Matthew chapter 25. Yeah. What what? How do I serve the Lord? Well, have you given a cup of cold water? Uh, have, have you given some change to the person on the street corner? Or do you just look at them and say, oh, I'll bet they're wasting that money. or they're, yeah, but they're, they're from the liquor store after Yeah, the liquor store. They're yeah. making more money than I am. You know, have you gone to the prison and to, to visit me? No, I, I go to church on Sunday and sing.
0: What do you—I <laughs> I don't have time for it. But I put, I put money in the plate when it comes around.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I put money in the plate as it comes around to so that we can hire somebody to go do
0: that. There you go. That's right. Yeah, I'll never forget the first time I went to a prison, and we got there, and they said we needed a certificate of our ordination and me being, you know, kind of new to the faith at the time, I was probably you know five years in, maybe
1: didn't even know how to spell. Well, ordination. I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs>
0: like, what do you mean ordination? And then I, then you know, lovely our, our secretary Sharon at the time, I called her and she's like, we we, we don't do that. And then right. I we were like, kind of dawned on me what we're she was talking about. Autonomous. Yeah, so I had to bring up a copy of our bulletin to prove that I was on staff, and they won't they won't let you in with a Bible. At the place I went, at least. You know, that's all you had. And they I took out everything. They did the whole pat down and everything. And there I sat in this, you know, the mirror thing. It was it was just one room. It was just me and this other person. And I was there for five minutes by myself before the person came in. And that was the longest five minutes of my life. Because I've been on the other side, too. Um, mm. and, and then I was on this side. And yeah. that's when one of those moments I say where God smacks you in the face and says, Hey, look where you came. Don't forget where you've been because yeah, yeah. you were there you were on the other side at that and here you are now so that was a, a wake up moment for me and uh it was an amazing time yeah it was one of those uh, you told a holy moment one of those kind of things yeah
1: and that's the beauty of the life of jesus yeah. and, and 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 as we learn how to um be People who bring forth the kingdom of God, because that's our calling, yeah. is that we see transformed life, and and to some degree we had a part in it. Yeah, we have the the privilege and the opportunity to affect someone's eternity. Wow, think about yeah, it. That's amazing. Not in our. Abilities and goodness, but God has given us that, yeah. and, and so as we are investing life in other people, there'll be heartache, yeah. There'll be uh, there'll be pain involved, but as we're investing life in somebody, it takes root, right? We 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 cast seed into some good soil, and we're there to love them and teach them and help them, and they transform. There's no greater, there's no greater thing in this world, right? So I'm not called to um, save or, or, or or transform thousands of people. Just maybe just one. Yeah. Maybe two. But everybody. But that takes again a community. Right. How do we do this together? How do we walk as Jesus walked, and talk as Jesus talked, and live as Jesus lived in the 21st century? It's a challenge. Yes, it takes a lot of it. Take a lot of discussion and dialogue, and I think we are beginning to to have some of that, uh, even here locally. But man, what a incredible opportunity uh, for us
0: uh, in the world that we live. Yeah. The. Uh When you talk about transformation stuff, I got um, going back to youth group, when you have a kid that comes in, um, shows up because he's a friend of somebody, and you can tell that their eyes are a little bloodshot, and they smell like cigarettes, and then six months or a year later, they want to get baptized at camp, Yeah, and something like that, they don't smell like cigarettes anymore, that is a cool thing. those are one of those moments where you're like, oh, okay, that's, I'm sure you've had many of these in, in ministry, but you're like, okay, this is why I'm, this is why I remember why I'm doing this. Because yeah. it's easy to forget kind of when yeah. you get down on yourself and everything else. So it's one of those things like, oh my gosh, I can't yes. remember. It. I so remember it. I, I watch
1: a, uh, a particular young lady on social media <clears throat> who's married and children. She's got a college degree and um, she'll message me from time to time, but met her when um, I was a youth minister in Oklahoma and had a quite large youth group and uh, I brought in this assistant to help me he was, he was about my age and um, this guy, see, see my ministry was focused on our kids good kids Yeah, and he kept pressing for hey there's a lot of opportunities on the other side of the tracks literally in this larger city why do we want to go there this right. is dangerous man and he finally he, he finally talked me into going with him so about <laughs> once a week after school we went 20 miles north crossed the tracks and hung out in these neighborhoods and to people not like us yeah. don't look like us don't talk like us I, I, I didn't dress like them it was a bit uncomfortable, and we just start inviting them to 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 youth group. So inviting them into youth group, and that was back in the day when, you know, let's say on a Wednesday night, somebody hopped in the church bus, drove oh. up there, went through the neighborhoods. They hopped on. You know, I mean, you, you can't even imagine doing that in the world we live in say, now. Up yeah, really. on the bus, we take them to church, have youth group, take them back home, drop them off, and um, we brought. We, we we would bring in 10 or 12 of them awesome and um, we would be singing or I would be teaching and and one of them would get agitated and they would blurt out words that you would never have thought <laughs> it would be heard in church matter of fact we have some parents that got really upset about this and mm. is this something we should be doing long story short this young lady came through that we met her in the neighborhood she had two older brothers <clears throat> and um, she gave her life to jesus and um, is now a married lady with children and very successful awesome. and um, all because somebody had to drag me yeah out there yeah to meet him.
0: you know in, in your sermon on sunday you made the analogy of uh, uh, new wine into an old wine skin mm-hmm. and that story right there makes me think of that how he can't take this new post-COVID church you want to call it that um, and put it into an old old wine skin that we've had for like your programmatic um, you were talking about earlier so the new wine that we are seeing out in the world how do we put it into a new wine skin like so i think those are the kind of conversations we're having of what is the new wine skin look like and how can we I oh, mean, I had to use another analogy, but set, set something on fire that we don't, we want to right. see if it's right or not. Right. You know, those are the discussions that we're having right now um, worldwide.
1: Yeah. Because I do think the paradigm has changed and shifted. And to think that, you know, we're just going to um, continue to put maybe a new, new wine in the old wineskin, the old structure. Jesus said, "It'll it'll burst it, yeah." And then you won't have anything. You won't have wine skin or wine. What, what what is so? So I think we're beginning to see what the new wine is. How how we might you know how, how we might go about it. But what does the new wine skin look like? Uh, I'm not sure. Is it is it a brick and mortar? Is it just a website? Is it a tent? Yeah. No. Uh, is it is it uh, houses? I, I don't know. Uh, it's a great question. But like I said, Sunday, when the what changes, the how has to change. Mm, true. It's, it's, it's got to change. So I use the dumb analogy as the best I could think of that, you know, when COVID hits, we say, hey, we're going online and it's going to be on YouTube or it's going to be on Facebook and we're going to record it. And then we can mail it to your P.O. box on a cassette tape. <laughs> Right? You say, well, "Wait a minute! You can't. That's not going to work. Yeah. You're, you're you're trying to combine two
0: two different eras. Yes, and and, and it doesn't work. And as a digital guy, I, I know that it would take a very big cassette tape to put this, <laughs> uh, right. the file size on something that's that's like right. that. <laughs>
1: and the postage would be outrageous. Oh, yeah. So am I. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it is. It's very exciting to be. Um, I um, remember on staff and, and start these conversations and to have them. It's it's really exciting right now. Yes, so. it's
1: a very exciting time and it's a very scary time hey, at the same time. Yes, and it's and we are here for such a time as this. That's correct because God's still faithful. Oh yeah, this isn't. As we said when the, when the pandemic struck, this isn't the worst thing that's ever happened to the church, right? Or, or the world. Faithful people have. Walked through much more difficult times than than we have, and came out stronger. Oh yeah, more faithful. Church changed, right? Church methodology changed. Yeah, that's true. Well, here we are. I think we're here for such a time as this. That's right. And so it's a it's a great time to be alive, and and to be the kingdom of God. Oh yeah. So,
0: well, Sunday is Father's Day. Yes. So is there a particular Uh, let me ask you this before we get into that is so Father's Day sermons throughout the years what have they been like? Like (laughs) give me one from 10, 15 years ago where they as far as I'm concerned, they're like, hey, you need to do better. Exactly. So, so, okay. so
1: Father uh, Mother's Day sermons were always Proverbs 31 sermons, mm, right? Correct. She's out there making wool before the sun comes up, and she's caught the fish, and she's cleaned the house, and she's done the hair. Wow. And, and then the sun comes up, and blessed be this woman. And that is so appropriate for mothers. Correct. So then a month later, the Father's Day sermon was, you guys got to straighten up. <laughs> You guys are lazy, and, you know, you do have kids running around. Maybe you ought to think about spending some time with them and get off the golf course or put the fishing pole down, right? Well, that's, well, that's what I remember. And so, yeah, I just, from the time I started preaching, um, I told fathers, I said, um, your Father's Day gift is I'm not preaching about being a better husband or being a better father to oh. you. That's my gift to you. All right, thank you. Yeah. So, matter of fact, this Sunday... The question is if you were to answer, if you'd pick one thing, why did Jesus come to earth? And I would, you know, because Uh there are multiple, and, and, and you could ask 20 people and you might get 20 answers. True. But that is the question that I'm going to ask Sunday, and then we're going to proceed. Uh, from that point. So why would you say is the most important thing, the the number one reason why Jesus came to earth? And I would love to hear people's answers.
0: Well wow, that'd that be good one. Sunday. Okay. Nice. Well, um, okay, I'm looking forward to that one. So I have some ideas for a video I'm going to be putting together. So I want to ask you the questions here, and I'll answer them first. I'm going to, I'm going to ask some, some fathers, uh, what is one joy you get from being a father? And what is your biggest struggle being a father? Um, so right now, my Ethan's two and a half. Uh, my biggest joy is seeing him react to things that he things that are new. Like I got a video this morning from uh, my mother-in-law that he's playing in the dirt, just having the greatest time of his life. That's amazing. That's awesome. I wish I could have joy like that, you know? Uh, my biggest struggle is probably making sure that I do things that points him in the right direction. Um, it's very scary to think that he is looking at me for everything. <laughs> it's very yep. scary when I think about that. Yep. So it really makes me um, realize my faults, I should say. So I, I try not to um, shine those up. Like, hey, look at my faults, Ethan, and maybe to show them that don't do it this way, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But those are, those are my two things. So I just have a, a real, wanted to ask you that real quick.
1: The greatest joy with children, with my children at this age as adults, is watching them continue to grow. Uh, a couple of them are married, two of them are not. But watching them take um, take to flight. Okay. And at the same time take root into what we tried to establish in our home as the most important thing right you know and, and to watch them flourish and and to um, listen to them as they make discoveries in life uh, that, that, that's that's a great joy to to know that <laughs> they have some level of um, maturity and sanity, you know, <laughs> having been raised what, with me in the house, <laughs> um, to, to know that um, that they are progressing in life is, is is the greatest joy awesome greatest struggle is and, and fear for me as I know me, yeah and and I know that you know, Again, parenting for, for all parents is you're just doing the best you can with what you have at the moment. Yeah. That, that's all. There's no, there's no manual. Yeah, they didn't give us one when we left the hospital. No, there's no manual. Uh, and so I told all four of mine, I said, look, when you leave the house, as you, as you get old enough, you become an adult and you leave, you're, you're going to at least notice, you're, you're, you're going to know two things. You're going to see the good things that Mom and I did, and the great things about this family, and I want you to cherish those. On the other side of the coin, you will, as an adult, look back and go, "Boy, they didn't have that figured out. <laughs> uh, they blew that. That's yeah. that's that's not good." And you might even carry some baggage with you, some emotional baggage. Um, so when when you leave, cherish the good moments. But as an adult, it's your responsibility to To take the goodness to the next generation mm. and discard the baggage and deal with it because mom and I weren't perfect. There's only one perfect person that's ever lived. His name is Jesus Christ. That's right. And you focus on on Jesus, uh, not on us because, yeah, our family wasn't perfect and you will have some scars. It's your responsibility to deal with it. Mom and I will love you till the end. So that's my struggle. How much did I <laughs> mess them <laughs> up, <right>? you know? <laughs> Oh, Lord, forgive
0: us. You You know, know. I need grace. So those are my joys and struggles. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, So I'm looking forward to to Sunday. Um, Let's uh, wrap this one up. Guys, if you have any questions or comments or you want to come on the podcast and ask us questions, I'll even open that up for that. Uh, Send us an email to hcocdigitalmedia at gmail.com. Danny, have a great week. I know it's going to be, if you have time to get on the golf course, it's going to be hot, but I don't know if... Get everything in boxes, maybe you'll get out there. Well, hopefully. I'll pray about that. There you go. Have a a good week, brother. We'll see you on (laughs) Sunday.
1: Thank you.